I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Greetings, adventurers. Today, we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? We're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast, but this isn't any normal episode. We're back for episode two in Joshua's series of the Cryptid Countdown, and it's a top 10 countdown. We did number 10, which was, of course, Bigfoot. You got to check that out if you missed it. And then we're going to get into number nine tonight, but I'm not going to spoil who we're covering. Joshua, thank you so much for hosting another one of these episodes. As always, it's great to be here uh, talking about the stuff that I love to do and really happy to have a guest that we have today yeah so this guest is one of my favorite we've had on you reach out to people sometimes on the interwebs that you've seen on tv and you go gosh wouldn't it be jolly if they would come on my podcast and talk about ghost and emily was so kind to come on of course she was on season five of ink masters and she's actually been on ink masters several times in different forms and she's just an incredibly talented tattoo artist emily thank you so much for coming back on the podcast you're so welcome. Thanks for having me again. I love being here. This is so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you've got obviously like good opinions and stuff, but you're also just like a really fun person to be around. We talked about the first time you came on some of the edits and stuff. They really amped up the personality on the show. And whenever I tell people you're coming on the podcast, they're like, oh, man, she uh, she was like pretty intense on the show. I'm like, she is so chill in real life. Like, 
<laughs> got to listen to the episode. But yeah, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you. And you seemed excited for this one. I know we won't tell the audience yet. We'll let Joshua do it. But you said you even did a little research before this episode. I did. I did homework. And I'm very proud of myself. P.S. <laughs> I love doing this podcast. And for the, all the people that think I'm a meanie head, um, maybe I am. But you know what? It's spooky stuff. And that's what I'm here for. So I love that. <laughs> well, with that. Oh, Joshua, before we jump in, I was curious. Did you get a chance to listen to the intro music from the last from your last episode? To be honest, I kind of rage skipped through it. Uh, oh, he fast forwarded. I, I, for some reason, I, I don't like listening to myself talk. And so I was uh, like, I, I can't, I cannot take the sound of my voice gargling through this episode. So I was like, skip, skip. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. Perfect. Well, please, please tonight, listen to it. Tell me what you think, because I think it's a pretty dope uh, intro music for it. But I, I get that JJ, who is one of the mainstay co-host he has never listened to an episode of three years of the podcast because he hates his own voice i don't get it he has a great voice for podcasting but you know whatever i've edited myself for three years so i guess i'm just used to knowing what that sounds like well joshua why don't you get us started where are we where are we headed tonight in the world of cryptids yeah well last episode we did bigfoot i, I wanted to get that one out the way that's the probably the most traditional cryptid of all time so uh, I'm kind of getting all the, the best hits out of the way, but this one has a particular place in my heart, really because it's a north northern cryptid, but also it has some ties to the south as well. And honestly, who doesn't want to talk about Dogman, a.k.a. the Rougarou, as it's known in, in Louisiana, uh, and uh, <laughs> werewolves uh, across the world. Number nine is Ye Old Faithful Dogman. Yeah, I, it was really interesting when you brought up Dogman, we were talking, you know, in DMs or whatever about this episode. I had heard of Dogman, but I wasn't super familiar with Dogman. And the kind of origin story and just, you know, the idea of seeing a what I would almost call a man dog <laughs> standing up. You know, and it's high. I mean, that that to me would be more frightening than even seeing Bigfoot. I don't know why, but like it just seems super scary. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too, because uh, with werewolves, you know, you, I start going down the lines of thinking about hellhounds and things of that nature. And uh, it's probably the scariest of what I consider the big three, which is Bigfoot, Dogman and uh, River and Sea Monsters. Those are like the most traditional cryptids. Those stories go back way before us. And everything about werewolves and Dogman is terrifying. And they seem to be the most aggressive. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Emily, on that same vein, do you have Dogman legends? from where you're from or, or you know what was like your first kind of experience with dogman well it's kind of interesting because i grew up in wisconsin i don't know if you know but there's a legend of a wolfman in wisconsin and it was in uh elkhorn i'm pretty sure i don't know when i think i think it's been a minute i think there's been a couple of sightings since but they always kind of roundabout come from like 1880 to 18 you know 90s late 90s or something like that is generally like the start of these kind of stories in that region of the United States. I love the coexistence of the two and one is wolf and one is dog. I think that's really fun. And I think it just like harkens back to if you've ever been in Minnesota versus Wisconsin or not, I'm sorry, Michigan versus Wisconsin, just the, the, the layout of the land makes sense as to why one would be more dog prone and one would be more wolf prone. And maybe this is just me getting weird and deep, but like Wisconsin woods 
are literally just the darkest thing you've ever seen in your life. They just, they just end as soon as they begin and they're just thick and crazy and whatever. And I always found Michigan to be like a lot more open plains and a lot more workable land. Um, so like, I think it's interesting that they would associate it with a dog versus Wisconsin with a wolf. So I, I always thought that was kind of interesting. That's super fascinating to kind of hear about the different variations that close. Those states are basically neighboring each other. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's just a, a, a Great Lake separating the two areas. It's also fascinating how far back it goes, but also kind of, I know that that, that area has a lot of, of French background and so does New Orleans. And so it's interesting to see how the lore from, you know, dogman and werewolves comes all the way back from France to the people who came here. And they brought that that lore with them, and it just kind of stuck, uh, for better or for worse, to say. Right. Well, you you had mentioned it when we opened the episode. It's called a a, a ragaroo. Is that oh. what the French refer to it as? Yes. Uh, over in the in the New Orleans area, it, it comes from a, a a word called lougarou. Probably saying that wrong for all of the the French listeners. I apologize. <laughs> but it's Here called it's a, lo- a at your door. For <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the torches are incoming. I can, I can smell the smoke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they they brought that to the United States. It was lugru. It, it's one part meaning wolf and one part meaning a uh, lug meaning wolf and gru meaning I believe um, a person who can turn into an animal. And so the the name kind of changed once French settlers got to New Orleans. And they started telling the stories about the the wolf man, the dog man like creature, and it turned from Lugaroo to to Rougarou, and it it kind of stuck. My first actual instance with uh, this cryptid was actually at the zoo. I went to the New Orleans Zoo a long time ago, and they actually have an exhibit of the Rougarou, and which is very rare for zoos to actually have cryptid like. Yeah, I've never uh, even heard of that before at a zoo. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's very rare for them to even have any any memorabilia or, or or placement for a cryptid. So I thought that was really cool that it's that embedded in their culture where the zoo was like, hey, why not? <laughs> I love it. Joshua, I'm curious because that that zoo comment made me think of, you know, in like circuses back in the day, um, they had, you know, I, I've used quotations, but they had like the freak show that they would advertise and it would, you know, be people of, a lot of times like certain disabilities or whatever, and they were promoting them, people pay money and see them. But one common one was the dog man or, or wolf man. And it would, you know, at least based on what I've seen, it'd be um, a man or a woman with like extreme overgrowth of hair on their face and head to where they look like a person with fur kind of deal is, is, do you know if that's connected to this lore or was it just a circus promoter kind of cashing in on somebody else's hard luck? I tend to fall towards the latter. Yeah. Um, just because of the, the dogman sightings are so scattered by region. So we don't, mm-hmm. we don't really have a lot of dogman sightings in Alabama. Um, there's a few in Florida. There's some like in the Southwest region, there's some in new Orleans and it's really the, 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 most of them are actually kind of in the Michigan, Wisconsin area. Hmm. Um, that's where the most of, most of them prevail. I mean, there's, there's been some even up to, you know, the late 2010s, um, with people saying that they've encountered something and having the, the scratch marks in their cars to, to show for it, or they could, they've seen it running across fields, dragging animals. So I don't know if I can say that it's it, those two are related. Yeah, uh, especially not. kind of how yeah. far in between those sightings have been. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, and not not to interrupt, but isn't the the circus sideshow dogman wasn't there like a specific 
genealogical grouping out of Mexico that strain came from. And there's like a literal whole family of people that all have that genetic mutation that they they grow hair across the bridge of their nose, uh, you know, right up underneath their eyelids, the whole nine yards, full face and everything. Um, I remember reading about it a million years ago. I should look that up while we're sitting here. But And, you know, I think I remember going in New Orleans to the Ripley's Believe It or Not building, I guess. And I think that they had a display about that as well there. That sounds really familiar. So I, I think you're definitely right about that. So, Joshua, one thing that you mentioned that I, I also thought was interesting is how the lore, these cryptids are very aggressive and I feel like in a lot of the cryptids that I've heard or learned about, that's not necessarily the way cryptids are portrayed. Why do you think this one is that way? I mean, one of the stories I read was like a man claiming that a pack of wild dogs came and then there was one dog with like a human body, like walking on its legs with a, with a dog head. I mean, that's some pretty wild stuff. I mean, that, that would, I would, that'd be super rad to see if I wasn't in danger, but if they were coming to harm me. Would it it be rad though? Cause I, I put this question to my mother when I read this earlier, I was like, so he's like, a dog but he's a man right like is he like she's like so all men right is he like fabio pecs and and abs galore like striking a pose or is he like some malnourished you know decrepit because men come in all forms so man man looking i have concerns as to what man we're referring to is it is it henry the eighth or is it the guy down by the 7-eleven who is it? What I also that? just kept picturing furries in my head as I was reading. <laughs> I didn't go there. With it. I, yeah. I think with the any cryptid, very similar to Bigfoot, I think there's a lot of misidentification, especially in the heat of the moment. And what I do know is that a bear with mange uh, that stands up and, you know, actually the profile kind of fits a bear at times, um, mm-hmm. especially like a wiry kind of black bear. Uh, or sugar bears, as we call them down here. Uh, I can imagine North, you... they don't eat well. They're scraggly as hell. I I believe that. Yeah, and there and there's plenty of them yeah. up there too. Yeah. And just thinking about that, and just kind of the misidentification, and not everybody lives in the woods or has been in the woods or has hunted their whole lives. And when you see something, you know, carrying off a deer, and it, you know, it's a it's a scrawny, you know, wiry looking bear. I mean. I could see somebody mistaking that to be some type of dog, especially with the ears, the character profile, and even the height profile around seven, eight, eight, eight feet. It, it checks out to, to be a bear. On the flip side of that, though, I always found that Dogman had some interesting similarities to things like, which scares people sometimes, like skinwalkers and wendigos and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot, you know, when it comes to indigenous, indigenous cryptids, I tend to start believing those a little bit more than the ones that just kind of pop up just because i mean this is their land they've been here for a while like they they would know more than we would at any given time in my opinion so i don't know you know that's 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 where i'll, I'll leave that i don't know what did you think about the whole the dj in michigan that kind of rebirthed this uh dog man krypton in alabama we have a very um interesting story about war of the worlds that happened in the area uh, it went over the the airwaves in the early 1900s. Everybody in Alabama believed it, and they were, you know, it was mass hysteria. And I think that some of that could have played a, a big part into it too. 
uh, especially when you kind of you're on the radio, more people are listening to and trust you for news and things like that. You you hear it. And if you're not really like thinking about like, okay, this is a radio show, like there's going to be some some stuff where it's, it's just jokes or just some something fun that can cause uh, mass panic because a lot of the sightings did end up happening shortly after that radio broadcast. Uh, so I think it's a similar, in my opinion, a similar situation that goes into like just mass hysteria. When one person sees something, then 10 people see something. And then those 10 people talk to their 10 friends. And now 30 people have seen something and it, it just kind of grows from there. The weirdest part about that is that he absolutely claims that he had never heard of the legend of the of the dog man and that he had just dreamt it up on the spot and just made the song up because he thought it would get people and ha ha and it turns out that it dates back all the way to like Algonquin and 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 uh I don't even think that's necessarily the natives in that area but I mean it it was just crazy how how like blase he was about it because he was like oh no i made it up on the spot i don't know what you're talking about uh steve cook that was his name yeah 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 he swears up and down he just made it up on the spot. i think he's full of, full of it i, I mean, <laughs> you can curse it's okay I, I, mean, absolutely, I try so hard not to i'm so terrible about it but um i think i think i think he's just i think it goes with it you know you you put something out there where the world style to pump people up. And then when they go, oh, you did that on purpose. And he goes, no, I'm like a magician. I didn't know. You know I think it just reels into the whole ball. For yeah. sure. Joshua, have you come across pictures of Dogman that you find credible? I know when we talked about Bigfoot, you know, there's just a litany of blurry pictures out there. Did you come across anything for Dogman? Not more than I could find with mostly hoaxes. I would okay. say, I, I would say uh, Dogman's probably one of the more hoaxed, I know that's not a word, but it, it is today. Um, it's one of the more uh, falsified uh, sightings, I would say. Fabricated, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's hard. And with cryptids like, like animals, it's really hard to just get clear images unless they like walk right beside uh, a game trail camera. Um, Stand and pose. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to get. Uh, accurate pictures i mean I've, I've even tried to do like a field test myself to see okay like there's you know my neighbor's dog like if i was in a hurry could i take a, a really clear picture and the answer is no 100 of the time it doesn't matter like yeah. how good my camera is when you're shaky when you're not focusing when you you don't have the you know your perceptions off because of fear it's just i don't i don't think you can take good photos um, I've worked with thousands of photographers over the years, and none of them enjoy photographing moving animals. It's hard. It's, it's hard, hard, man. It's super <laughs> hard. And these are professionals. And 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 in that same note, you know, you take that and you give it to like just a normal person or an amateur, somebody who doesn't really do this all the time. Like you don't know, you know, how fear is going to affect your hands. Like you may think you're steady, but in reality, your hands are really shaky. And I just hadn't found any compelling video or or really any pictures that really made me say 100% like, I believe that. Um, and I think it's it's easy to do that with um, an, uh, an entity like this too, you know, because like I said, going back to the bear, I mean, you could find a bear and take a really blurry picture. And depending on how he's walking through the woods or angled, I mean, you can say, oh, look, it's a dog, man, because the bear is also six, seven, you know, eight feet tall. And, Emaciated. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Especially if it has like vitiligo or something where like it messes up. I've seen Mate. some picture, yeah, of, of uh, 
This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey y'all, it's Noah Daniels and oh boy, I just got my box of Wild Grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. The next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I saw a raccoon on Reddit that went viral the other day that had vitiligo. And I mean, it looked like if I was just out and about and it wasn't on the internet labeled for me where I could clearly see it. And I saw, you know, a naked raccoon come running by. I would think it was like an alien species. (laughs) I mean, it looks so strange, right? Um, Same with, uh, I saw a picture of, um, and can't remember what kind of ape it was, but it had vitiligo and it looked, its hands look so human without the, the fur. On it. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And you can definitely no, it's see. Not it's not scary. <laughs> it's terrifying. But you know, you could, you can see how like somebody in the woods, I mean, and, and I mean, obviously this goes with cryptids could see something like that and think it's something scary. Cause it probably is scary regardless of, what it is you know but this is one that i kind of want to believe is true i'm okay believing that bigfoot isn't real and maybe it is maybe it isn't but dogman just sounds cool it sounds like an old like heavy metal album you know like uh i don't know it's it's just like sounds so rock and roll i'm I'm here for dogman yeah and uh, you know on top of the the compelling evidence i think it's one of the few cryptids that also leave behind signs that it was there um you know, scratch marks in your car, you know, beating up stuff and just kind of leaving that in there. I mean, it's it's hard to justify that something didn't happen. So um, and I think with people making it to be as intelligent as it is, I think it's even harder to to catch good 
evidence of it. On the flip side of terrifying animals, uh, I've seen a, a sugar bear or a, a black bear with mange. That's a thing of nightmares. Bears yeah. are so attracted to food, like human food. You could, yeah, if, if something like that comes up to you and is on its back legs. You like, have a padded room in your future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a padded coffin in your future. If you make it out. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Would you guys rather have the body of a dog and the head of like a human or the head of a dog and the body of a human? What's the body type though? I'm going yeah. back to this. I'm body shaming on this. I don't even. Well, it's care. whatever your I'm current thinking. your current physical state is. So you get your. Oh own... no, I don't want this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one for body of the the canine. <laughs> and just my face on a yeah. dog's body. I'm here for it. Can I be a corgi? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it would be so tough to lose my thumbs, though. Like, I don't really want my body either. But it's like, man, that's that's a that's a tough life. Although, if I've got the brain of a dog, I mean, do I really even care if I have thumbs or no. not? No, not yeah. even a little bit. No fucks. <laughs> I honestly don't know because that's a great point. And then it, it depends on what kind of dog I can get. You know, if it's like the body of a Chihuahua, like I think I might take my own body. But then I'm left with a chihuahua head. And, and I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to be a corgi. I'm here for it. I'm just 100%. Out I just want to be a big basset hound. Because those things are just like walking carpets. They just sleep all day. You want to step on your ears? Yeah. <laughs> How? Step them in your water bowl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We have a part basset, part beagle hound mix uh, that I did like that 12 years yeah. ago. She barks so yeah. loud and barks. And now she's like 12 or 13. So, you know, she's old. And so yeah. she just, I mean, I, I go downstairs in the morning. Whereas used to, she just run to her food bowl. And I'm not going to, you know, howl in the mic. Just everybody can use their imagination. But I mean, she's literally sitting at the bottom of the stairs. I'm just like, can you please just chill out? Like we do this routine every day of our lives. Every day. But, you know, <laughs> it's her, her world. I'm just living in it. But um. <laughs> Do, have you come across any stories? Because I didn't see any. I, I know people talked about it being kind of a intense, aggressive cryptid. But are there people that claim to have known people that have died by Dogman? In my head, I want to say yes. Okay. Um, I think this is one of, because of its aggression and how aggressive it is, I think this is also one of the few cryptids just trying to throw back to some of my, my old, older knowledge. This is one of the few cryptids that, that does actually have some fatalities attached to it or serious injury because uh, you usually you usually don't find that with bigfoot at the same level as you would with something like a dog man and there's so many different variations of them so i guess you can kind of loosely attribute some of these to dog man and kind of loosely can't because other things were just animals in the woods i guess but yeah i i if i if i don't if i can recall correctly there, there have been a couple of like hardcore fatalities attached hmm. to, to dog man and just his aggression you have a dog a bone, am I right? All right. Um, Emily, I <laughs> I uh I, I'm an actual dad now, so I can I can make my dad jokes with no remorse. <laughs> Yay! I love dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, well, you're in the right place. Emily, <laughs> you have obviously been tattooing for a while, and I'm sure you've mm -hmm. tattooed just about everything under the sun. Is there a cryptid that you get requested to tattoo every now and then? not a lot i do i do way more realism than i yeah. do fantasy work i think my favorite is a griffin 
that'll, that'll all be, always be my favorite thing because nobody gets Pegasus and Unicorn anymore. And if they do, they're like farting rainbows or something stupid. <laughs> so it's never like the majestic 80s, you know, beautiful rainbow unicorn thing. It's always like goofy shit. So um, I would say Griffin would be okay. my favorite. Yeah. yeah and, and is that I, your I, I hate dragons i Oops. hate tattooing dragons so ever 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 ask me tattoo a dragon <laughs> and, and what is is um and maybe it's the same i don't know but is there a cryptid that is your favorite to like talk talk about and and learn about skunk ape is really cool what <laughs> is that florida bro <laughs> yeah florida is fuck yep. bro skunk ape <laughs> it sounds amazing <laughs> Dude, he lives out here, and the only way you know he's romping around is because of the stench. And That's then right. it's too late. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're in, are you still in Clearwater, or did I imagine yeah. that for last? Okay. Yeah, awesome. no, I'm still here. I think oh. we're going to, we're trying to convince my family to take a vacation there in July. So I may have to dude, hit you up if oh we do God, it. Dude, yeah. Please do. Absolutely. Have you, are you familiar with that cryptid, Joshua? I am. Yeah. Okay. My cape is, uh, he wreaks havoc over there with the the Florida Panthers. Him and <laughs> Florida Panthers and Skunk Ape. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why don't we have a sports team in Florida called the Skunk Apes? That would be amazing. I kind of just assumed we did, and I <laughs> there might be. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I, I like if you had asked me that yesterday, I would have told you one hundred percent. There's some type of semi pro team called the right. Skunk Apes okay. in Florida. You would it just, just assume that automatically. It sounds, it sounds right. This, I want a hat with like, oh, anyway, this is uh, going down an unnecessary <laughs> rabbit hole for me. Well, that's fascinating. I'm looking into that. After Please do. Very this. cool stuff. It's, it's very similar to Bigfoot. It's just, it, it's it's known for its dank. That's just the best way to put it. Is that kind of the reason that so many people are willing to extend the olive branch of belief into Bigfoot is because there are so many variations? I think so. Yeah. And, you know, and it all goes down to this. There are some animals in our woods that we just have not touched yet. Like there's just, we haven't got enough. There, there's not enough research to to say that they're there. If you know anything about wildlife officials, they will not say anything about it and will deny it until they have no choice but to say it. So till the it's, day it's, they die, they dude. sure will. It's, <laughs> it's so, it's so aggravating. The DNR uh, is like hand to God. We know nothing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how aliens were, you know, until the government came out and was like, hey, here's a, a lifetime of footage of UFOs we can't explain. But right. we'll swear to you that you're crazy and there, there's no such thing as any type of extraterrestrial life out there. Um, if, meanwhile, even though there's footage from <laughs> every day for the past six months from six different directions in the same, you know, uh, yeah. coordinate location it's, it's yeah. well and the yeah. the freaky thing is i was always so scared of extraterrestrial life and now i think i'm going to end up being afraid of artificial life now that ai is becoming and we're you know we talked about it on the podcast before but it's just i think scratching the surface of what we're going to see in our lifetime yeah um, yeah. You know, yeah i saw uh i saw a gallery of pictures that was completely generated by ai like the people and everything and that I, I have normally not been the person who's like, yeah, you know, AI terrifies me. But now, like after seeing that, that was one of the things that kind of unsettled me a little bit. Because if yeah. you didn't look close enough, it was a complete representation of an entire house party scene with different people doing different things with cups in their hands, drinking. And it was it, it's it's scary to think about how far artificial intelligence has come. Like we might need to call not, the aliens to come and help us. Not how far it's come. Look how far it's come 
just when did the AI filters and the Dolly yeah. e or Dolly I or whatever the hell it's called? Oh, when did yeah. that first come out? Nine months ago. Yeah, it's, ish. That's if you true. give it, think about what the quality was when that shit first came out, and look at it now. Look at some yeah. of these. I, I'm a TikTok addict, so like. Same, I'm on there day and night, and the AI filters on there, and the like, the music videos people are making out of literally nothing but this, this, this crazy. It, it freaks me out. Here's yeah. the cool thing, though, is that none of it's copyrighted because it's all um, um, yeah. created by an imaginary entity and not a real citizen of this planet so yeah i can use all of that for my tattoo work nobody yeah. come at me and sue me for it. <laughs> yeah it's that's that's a really fascinating yeah. thing and i like to play in the stock market a little bit and buzzfeed the other day i missed out on this but they announced that they were going to use i believe it's the chat uh gpt or whatever it's called yeah. the the artificial intelligence to start writing articles for them and you know their articles are like short anyway and it's like you know, top 10 anyways. whatever yeah yeah and so now this ai is just gonna blast out these articles all the time and then their stock went up by like 300 percent. so some people oh really made uh made a bag on Cashed that out. yeah <laughs> huge well, uh, Emily, do you have any more questions for Joshua before we I wrap actually up? do. Okay. So I, I've, I've been sitting on this because I, I was doing research earlier because I wanted to come prepared. I didn't want to look like a total boo. In the original sighting in uh, Michigan for the dog man, the Michigan dog man, it was 1887. That sounds so right. So yeah. they're according according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay. That's how that's my extent of my research, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, they said that it was um like a seven-year event, that every seven years that there would be another sighting. Okay, so uh it happened in uh 37 in Paris, Michigan, it happened in 57 in Alley uh uh Allegan County, Allegan County. It happened in 67 and um Matt Manisti and Cross Village. So it's all in the sevens, right? So then I kept going deeper and then I learned about like the southern one, right? And how it's like based in like more Cajun folklore. And that's where I started re reading about the ragaroo and, and the variations of that. And then it it lent into uh Catholicism and how Catholics would use the ragaroo as a threat to people that didn't observe Lent. And if you didn't observe Lent for seven years in a row, you as a person would turn into a ragaroo. So I thought it was so interesting that there was this Cajun relation in Catholicism to every seven years. And then up in Michigan with there's, shit tons of catholics jesus um and they had a seven-year itch about it too so i just kind of like i wondered you know is it how much of it relies in actual sightings and how much of it relies in people trying to scare each other through religion mm -hmm. you know yeah. that's so that's a really good point you know i because I, I do think that of all the cryptids this one does rely he more heavily on lore than it does actual sightings and that's a really great point uh because now that you're mentioning kind of some of the things that are associated with like the rougarou and, and um dog man there's even a thought that maybe wrong or like slightly off but it was a uh, some type of afflict like blood affliction 
that would happen to people for 101 days. And if they couldn't pass off their affliction to somebody else, then they would be stuck as uh, perpetually as a as a dog man. And yeah, people... yeah, I read. I, I I remember touching on that too while I was reading. It was weird. It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> a, the, weird. the lore. The lore goes so deep, um, even to the point where like people actually had quote unquote solutions to to getting rid of a ruguru. So if one came to your doorstep, you would leave thirteen random items on your doorstep and just keep it there uh, because they're not they can't be out during the daytime. Uh, hmm. You know, more werewolf than I guess ruguru, but um, because they apparently can't count to 13 they can only count to 12 so they would get to the 13th item and they would be puzzled and just kind of stay there and get stuck on counting the items over and over and over again i guess until daylight yep so i guess they have ocd i don't know Um, (laughs) and uh yeah so now that you say that there's there's it seems like there's more like story it's a story driven cryptid as opposed to something that's physical in nature uh for the most part i love that all of that is so cool. Emily, thanks for uh, bringing that that in. That's that's really rad, like yeah. how, how the, you know, it is it is amazing how not only like religion, but just parents in general will use throughout time have used like the boogeyman to, you know, and, and you think of like, um, what's the evil Santa Claus? Krampus. Yes, Krampus and all that <laughs> stuff to to get kids. I mean, even like Elf on the Shelf, as innocent as it looks, creepy looked, little shit. Yeah, kind of a dick, <laughs> you know, kind of a dick. Um, kind of, yeah, yeah. I we have not introduced Elf on the Shelf and that kind so, of stuff. You know, I mean, like we had Santa, quote unquote, come and bring toys, but just that I don't know. I just felt strange. And and look to people out there listening, like, no, it's crazy. For sure, do what you want to do. I'm not criticizing you at all. Just for me personally, it, I just really didn't want to have to answer the questions from my kid of like, how how's it do that? <laughs> like, how is this little inanimate object alive? I just I'm only I willing to take lies so far. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, there's I, a there's a point between make believe and trauma, and yes. you know, I don't feel like crossing that boundary with a lot of little people. So yeah, and, and sure. I'm not gonna lie, like having a little one myself now. I was always like, yeah, I'll keep up the Santa Claus tradition. It's cool. But now that as I've gotten like older and I work to make sure that she has what she needs, it's going to be hard for her to be like, yeah, Santa brought this in our chimney that doesn't have a hole. And I'd be like, no, I did this. I slaved every day to make sure you could have this godforsaken bite. Praise me. <laughs> when when we were when we were kids, one present came from Santa. Everything yeah. else came. Oh my god that's kind of what santa, we, santa yeah. was the elf on the shelf he just bestowed one little tiny thing and that was his like hey oh see you until next year our, yeah, my, our definitely took well-deserved credit for the shit they did <laughs> my two-year-old was really more excited about just leaving out the milk and cookies he's real big into like that part <laughs> like even trick-or-treating he was more excited to go back home and hand out candy to all the other kids which was Aww. like really fun what a to, nice kid yeah, he has trying. a very giving nature. <laughs> yeah. We love that. We we're need try- more of that. We're trying. Well, awesome. Well, Joshua, Emily, this has been a real treat. Well, that's our show, everybody. Uh, thank you for Emily Elgato for coming on to the show. Uh, we want to make sure we keep up with you and everything that you're doing and your fantastic tattoos. So please tell everybody where they can find you to follow you and also book you as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you so much, you guys, for having me on here. This was such a treat. I love talking creepy. It's my absolute favorite thing in the world. But anybody that wants to get a hold of me for any reason in the world can uh, seek me out at emilyelegato.com, E-M-I-L-Y-E-L-E-G-A-D-O.com. Otherwise, it's the same thing for Instagram, email, Facebook. You can find me everywhere. Um, And if you're nice enough, I might chat back. So send me a line. So that's the cue for everybody to be nice to her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's our show. Uh, That was number nine. That was Dogman, a.k.a. The Rubaru. Had to sneak that one in. Number eight is probably going to be something in the water. Uh, Get excited. I love talking about spooky things that should freak you out in deep water. You can find me at Joshua Darren everywhere. That's D-A-I-R-E-N. And you can, as always, stay up to date with The Real Hauntings Podcast at The Real Hauntings Podcast everywhere. And that's the show. I hope to see you back for the next episode. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.